Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, Dr. Fauci and the rest of the biomedical authoritarians have been telling us to trust the science. That mantra has now evolved into just do as we say as they impose more and more indefensible mandates and useless public health measures like mandatory masking for two-year-olds and useless social distancing rules, which, by the way, totally made up. Friends, time for Hold the Line. Welcome to Hold the Line. I'm Buck Sexton. Does it ever stop? Does it ever end? You've got to ask that about the COVID authoritarianism that we're all suffering through right now. Because here's the reality. Doesn't seem like they want it to stop because they keep reinstituting things that we've seen don't do anything, don't work. They don't care about what the data actually tells them. And now they're starting to admit stuff because we've seen enough, we've been through enough, that it's clear that they were just making stuff up sometimes. I mean, here is the former FDA, uh, FDA chief, Scott Gottlieb, who is just straight up telling you, you remember how that whole six feet of social distancing mantra was just drilled into your brain? There were signs, there were slogans, there were radio PSAs, there were little places to put your feet in the elevator, right? Remember that? Gotta be six feet apart. You had to stand six feet apart in the lines. They just made that up. Watch. And you're right. The six feet was arbitrary. The six feet was arbitrary in and of itself. But if the administration had focused in on that, they might have been able to affect a policy that would have actually achieved their outcome. But mm -hmm. that policy-making process didn't exist. And the six feet is a perfect example of sort of the lack of um, rigor around how CDC made recommendations. Nobody knows where it came from. Most people assume that the six feet of distance, the recommendation for keeping six feet apart, comes out of some old studies related to flu, where droplets don't travel more than six feet. We now know COVID spreads through aerosols. The initial recommendation that the CDC brought to the White House, and I talk about this, was 10 feet. And a, a political appointee in the White House said, we can't recommend 10 feet. Nobody can measure 10 feet. It's inoperable. Society will shut down. So the compromise was around six feet. I got news for him. Nobody can measure six feet either, nor should they, because it's just made up. How far does the aerosolized virus spread? Depends on wind currents, depends on ventilation, depends on how much viral particle we're talking about here. All these things that you can't encapsulate with some one-size-fits-all rule, but that's what they've done. That's what the mass maniacs have been pushing. 
And so, even though this is made up, you're going to keep hearing people say, six feet of social distancing, six feet of... So like we're all a bunch of little robots that have been programmed. It's meaningless. It was always meaningless. This should have been clear. You know what else is meaningless? Well, actually, meaningless from a virus perspective, not meaningless from a social perspective. Masking up little children. Here is a child, this video went viral uh, recently, at a daycare who is crying as a supervisor is trying to, trying to just squeeze and, and push a mask onto his tiny little face while his tears are swelling up in his eyes. Put your mask on. No, you gotta put, you gotta wear it on, huh, honey? No, you gotta keep it on. Put your mask on. There you go. Keep it right there. Yay, Mason! Yay! You see how honey Mason? Look, we're gonna keep it right here. Child's clear discomfort, anxiety, uh, frustration, doesn't matter to the adult who's been trained by the Fauciite morons, got to mask up the kids because it's so scientific, right? So it's all about the science, they tell you. But is it really? How effective is it to put a mask on a child's face? Who exactly is being protected by this? How effective is that protection? Oh, they're starting to crack because we've all seen, actually, if you look for it, you can find it, the data on mandates. Mask mandates don't work. They just don't. They can keep telling you they do, but they're lying to you, just like they've been lying to you about the six feet of social distancing. You know this now. They are lying. And here is again Dr. Scott Gottlieb of the FDA telling you that masking is really, you know, about respect. It's not just shots. We're talking about masks. And the, the mask debate is inexplicable to me. Like, I, I, can't, I can't decouple it. I can't explain it. I can't defend it. People generally have an apprehension about taking a medical product, especially when they're healthy, especially for a preventative purpose. I understand just sort of people's general questions and concerns about a novel medical product. But a mask is such a simple intervention. It's not going to cause you any harm. It's just an act of, you know, community responsibility. It's an act of respect. Community responsibility and respect. Yes, that's what it is when a totally healthy person is choking on their own spit because they have to wear a mask on the treadmill in the gym even after being vaccinated because little morons like him run around acting like this is really effective. Yeah, wear that mask. It's really going to stop things. really going to save a lot of lives by wearing your mask. And then, of course, there's boosters. Turns out that the FDA on Friday of last week voted down boosters and said that you don't need them for most people. Some people will be getting booster shots who are at higher risk. Do you think that's the end of it? Oh, my friends. No, 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 no. It's not the end. This is just, well, here's Fauci giving you a little preview of we're going to see an evolution on boosters. No, I mean, I, you know, when I was saying that mistake, my own personal looking at this Again, just because I look at the data and say I would do it this way, that's the reason why we have qualified groups of people who together as a committee examine all the data and make a decision. So I have no problem at all with their decision. The thing that I'm saying is that data will continue 
to come in. And I believe you're going to see an evolution of this process as we go on in the next several weeks to months. An evolution in this process. That's Fauci speak for, just give it some time. We'll turn up the, uh, the fear porn in the media again, and there'll be more cases, and we'll want to look like at the CDC, NIH, and NIAID, where Fauci is actually the top dog, uh, want to look like we have something we can actually do. And so we'll then say boosters. That's my expectation. I think that's what Fauci is laying out here. But, you know, now he's also telling everybody, oh, the Biden administration shouldn't have said that there would be boosters before the FDA looked at the boosters. Almost like they're admitting politics are very much involved and even driving some of this decision making. Watch. Wasn't it a mistake for the president to announce this before the FDA and CDC issued their guidance? Jake, I don't think so. The president was very clear, as was the medical group, when we said we are planning to do this. And it was always said in his official statement, in the official written statement from all of us, including the FDA and the CDC, that was pending and on the condition of the examination of all of the data by the FDA. It's understandable how there could have been some confusion, but what was said was pretty clear, Jake. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. By the way, I gave Fauci too much credit when I announced, uh, or when I uh, rather previewed uh, that soundbite for you. No, in fact, he won't say that Biden made a mistake by pushing the boosters publicly before the FDA, because whatever Biden does has to be right. That's what Fauci's whole MO is. We see it once again. All right. The FDA's failure to recommend COVID-19 booster shots appeared to be a Blow to the Biden administration's plans, but unfortunately, it's not the end of the story. Coming up, Alex Berenson joins me to discuss the likelihood of booster mandates in the weeks ahead. First, I want to tell you about the latest sponsor to Hold the Line, the Tuttle Twins. One of the things we discuss often here on Hold the Line is the messages our kids are being taught today. Cancel culture, wokeism, victimhood, socialism, lots of bad ideas are bombarding our kids on a daily basis in their schools and through the media. Many parents are struggling to figure out how to teach your kids about good ideas, like free markets, personal freedom, entrepreneurship, and more. That's why I'm so happy to come across the Tuttle Twins books. These children's books help parents teach their kids conservative ideas. What's amazing is they've sold over 2.5 million books, so clearly they work. Kids love them, and parents love that their kids are learning the ideas of freedom. And the Tuttle Twins team is doing a special deal just for my listeners. You need to go to TuttleTwins.com and use the promo code BUCK. They're going to give you 40% off the kids' books and also include all their activity workbooks for free. That's a huge deal. So if you've got kids and you want to make sure they're not brainwashed with bad ideas, do your family a favor. Get the Tuttle Twins books. That's TuttleTwins.com. Go right there now. Code BUCK for 40% off. We'll be back with Alex Barrett. An influential FDA advisory committee recently rejected a proposal to distribute booster shots of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine to the general public. The panel voted 16 to 2 to reject the booster for those 16 and older, but later unanimously recommended the third shots go to those over the age of 65 and those who remain vulnerable to the virus. This was taken from an, uh, from an article in The Lancet. Current evidence does not appear to show a need for boosting the general population in which efficacy against severe disease remains high. Uh, if boosters are ultimately to be used, there will be a need to identify specific circumstances in which the direct and indirect benefits of doing so are on balance, clearly beneficial. 
Comments come a week before the Biden administration says it plans to begin offering COVID vaccine booster shots to the general public, which would have begun today. Former New York Times reporter, author of Unreported Truths about COVID-19 and lockdowns. Also, you can find him and subscribe on Substack. Alex Berenson joins us now. Alex, thank you. What happened with the booster stuff in the FDA? Well, I mean, there's two ways to look at this. The positive way is, uh, you know, the science scientists finally decided to look at some data and follow the science, and they realized that there's very, very little evidence showing that a third shot will have long-term benefits or even medium-term benefits. And we know that there are side effects that are worse after the second shot. So even if they don't continue to get worse after the third shot, they're real, especially this risk of myocarditis, which can be a very serious heart problem for young people. And they finally decided, you know what? We're gonna, we're gonna slow this down, take a pause. The negative way to look at this is, you know, this is sort of a little game that the, you know, that the NIH and Fauci and the Biden administration are playing. They know that, um, you know, older people are the people who really need this right now because they're the ones who are inoculated first. And they also said that healthcare workers could get it. Because technically the way the recommendation for who can get it now is written includes the healthcare workers. I'm talking about for the booster. And so what they're really doing is trying to slow walk this a little bit, but they knew exactly what they were doing. Uh, I would how, like how to believe the first be... is true. I would like to believe that this independent. Go ahead, Alex. I was going to say, I would like to believe the first is true and that this independent panel was truly independent and, you know, and, and decided to, you know, we need more data. But given how, you know, how aggressive the Biden administration is being right now and how they're being aggressive about mandates and they're being aggressive about trying to get this in kids' arms, you know, I, I'm cynical and suspicious that maybe this is just a pause and they're going to try again in a few weeks. I mean, how could they have real safety and efficacy data for a booster of a vaccine that was just approved earlier this year? Uh, they can't. They don't. Um, I mean, they, they have. And remember, this is supposed to be really for older people. And I'm not exaggerating, Buck, when I tell you that the clinical trial data covering the Pfizer booster in people over 65 includes, I believe, 11 people. I mean, it's almost a joke. And, and you know, they want to give this to more than 100 million Americans. Um, uh, they, are, they are desperate right now because anybody who looks at the data out of Israel can see that the vaccines basically have stopped working there. Um, you know, they don't prevent any infection or transmission there. And the Biden administration is well aware that we're heading into the fall, we're heading into the winter, and we will have a big wave coming. And I think they're just hoping that the booster will buy them a few weeks or months. Look, Pfizer itself, this is the most amazing thing to me. And this was not really, you know, they, this was mentioned, but to me, this is just an amazing thing. Pfizer, who, you know, who distributes this, this vaccine, said, if you don't give the booster right now, 5 million Americans will be infected with COVID in the next few weeks and months. So, I mean, what, evidence, what better evidence do you want? The company is telling you two shots don't work. Well, this is, what's, this is the, the, the cognitive dissonance, I guess you could say. This is the contradiction, easier way of putting it, Alex, that I, I still, sh every day that we, we talk about this, we look at this issue, we read about it in the news, we're trying to analyze and understand it. On the one hand, the Biden administration and, and all the people that are sort of support Fauci and the consensus here say 1% of hospitalizations or less 
are, are uh, vaccinated people. You know, less than 1% of hospitals uh, and deaths, I should say, are, unvaccin- are, are fully vaccinated people, rather. But then they're talking about boosters. Why would we be having the booster conversation at all if less than 1% of people who are in the hospital with COVID, I mean, essentially they're saying, these, the vaccine works fantastically against serious disease, but we might need another sh- round of the vaccines. Well, why? I mean, this is what, I, this is what doesn't even make any sense. Well, I mean, because they're lying, because it's not 1%. I mean, as I said to you, uh, when you, you know, last week with Clay, I, I sort of garbled it, but I'm going to say it clearly today. Back, you know, in Vermont, which is a small state, but, it, you know, there's actually good data. 40% of the people who died in August and, you know, early September had been vaccinated. In the UK, which is not a small place, which has really good data, um, 75% of the people who died in August and September were fully vaccinated or partly vaccinated. Only 25% were not vaccinated. So the reason, and by the way, here's the other thing. If the vaccines worked, they wouldn't have to be so desperate to tell people, be afraid of the unvaccinated. I mean, if the vaccines worked, what fear would vaccinated people have? They wouldn't have to be worried about this. The problem is that the vaccine efficacy you know, it works from about two months after your first shot to about six months after your first shot. And that's it. And, you know, we, we rush these. I understand why. I understand people were very afraid last year. But in the wake of now a year almost of data showing us the many problems with rushing these vaccines out, including side effects, including post-first dose infections, we've done nothing except try to hit the accelerator. It's very strange to me. Alex, is there, based on the data, as you mentioned, it out of, out of Israel and out of the UK, is there any realistic possibility in your mind that we aren't going to see numbers of not just infected, but even hospitalized, vaccinated individuals by December or January of this year, where it'll be impossible, essentially, to continue on with the, these shots work great narrative? I mean, a- a- absent a huge round of boosters, let's just say, but is that plausible? How, do, how does this look like it's going to play out based on what the number uh, the numbers have been trending in the UK and Israel so far? No, it's not plausible. There will be a huge uh, increase in infections. And then, you know, there will be some increase. We don't know quite how much, but there will be an increase in hospitalizations and deaths in the U.S. in vaccinated people. I keep I, before they banned me from Twitter and forced me to go on Substack all the time, I said it over and over again. Human biology is the same everywhere. The vaccines failed in the U. You know they're failing in the U.S. They have failed in the U.K. They have failed in Israel. The only question, you know, these the, the vaccine fanatics would like to tell you that yes, there is still some protection against severe disease and death, and that may be true. There may be some partial protection. I'd say we don't. Uh, we don't know fully how long that will last, and there's reasons to believe uh, that you know maybe it's not quite as strong as the as the numbers make it seem. But there, there probably is at this point still some protection against severe disease and death. But there's not enough protection for anybody to pretend that these that these are 99% effective or 95% effective. I would say the argument will be: Are they 50% effective against severe disease and death after 10 months? Are they 70% effective after 11 months? We don't know. But what we know is that is it here here fundamentally more than anything else. Here's what we know. These vaccines do not end COVID. They do not get us close to zero COVID. They, we are going to have to live with this whether or not we have vaccines because the vaccines we currently have are not good enough.
Alex Berenson. Check him out on Substack for his latest research. Alex, thanks for making the time. Good to see you. Always a pleasure, Buck. Hollywood gathered last night for the 73rd annual Emmy Awards celebration, proving once again, not only do they not care about COVID restrictions and mask mandates, but they're happy to flaunt them. First TV contributor Tina Lowe joins us when we come back to break down the latest COVID hypocrisy. Let me tell you about my friends at My Digital Money. Crypto is heating up, right? Have you ever been in crypto before, though? Bitcoin, Ethereum, there are so many of these tokens out there, digital tokens. How do you get started if you want to invest, if you want to get in on this? That's where My Digital Money comes in. It's an easy-to-use, self-trading crypto IRA platform with amazing customer service. One of the few U.S.-based companies that will answer your phone call and help you get started. They've got unparalleled military-grade security, and they can even set you up with a Play Money account so you can test the market without losing any actual money. Listen, the crypto market's heating up. This could be a great time to get into this exciting technology-based investment. You need people that really have your back and treat you like a human, not a number. Check them out at MyDigitalMoney.com. That's MyDigitalMoney.com. We'll be right back with more Hold the Line. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let me start by saying there is way too many of us in this little room. What are we doing? They said this was outdoors. It's not. They lied to us. We're in a hermetically sealed tent right now. I would not have come to this. Why is there a roof? It's more important that we have three chandeliers than that we make sure we don't kill Eugene Levy tonight. That is what has been decided. That was actor Seth Rogen during last night's Primetime Emmy Awards. Last night, Hollywood leftists once again demonstrated their total contempt for the rest of us by not only violating their own COVID-19 rules, but flaunting those violations. Just the latest display from America's elites who have no problem imposing their will on two-year-old kids can't be bothered to follow the rules themselves. Joining me now to talk about this hypocrisy, First TV contributor Tina Lowe. Tina, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Coming right on the heels of the Met Gala and AOC and the unmasked attendees, but the masked staff. Feels like Hollywood, a little tone deaf on this one, Tina. What do you think? It's pretty clear that the, that the mask policies in place nationwide have nothing to do with COVID and have everything to do with who has the power to defy a mandate. A two-year-old cannot, step, uh, cannot uh, stand up for themselves. If you're an employee of the Met at the Met Gala, you cannot stand up for yourself without the risk of being fired. If you're AOC or her tax cheat dress designer, nobody cares. 
And look, in, in D.C., the rule currently, stupidly, is that everyone has to wear a mask indoors at this point. I think you and I are both on the same page that all indoor mask mandates are dumb because if you want the vaccine, you've already gotten it. If you don't want it, that's your choice. But in New York, the thing that made the Met Gala situation and the Emmy so particularly egregious is that these are places where fully vaccinated people do not have to wear masks indoors, yet the servants have to wear masks anyway. So no, you know, when Barack Obama threw his party, his birthday party, he wasn't being hypocritical because he's not the one trying to impose the mask mandate on everyone. What is hypocritical is when you see Nancy Pelosi impose a mask mandate on the House because she knows a bunch of Hill staffers aren't going to be able to fight the mandate, but she can then throw her own dinner parties where only the staff serving her is masked while the rest of her rich friends aren't. That makes it very clear that this is not about the science. Yeah, speaking of uh, powerful people from the San Francisco area, San Francisco Mayor London Breed was seen in photos partying indoors, no masks, not just her, everyone around her, no masks, here you go, people dancing. And I just want to be very clear, I like that these individuals are partying and having fun and enjoying their lives, as everyone should be able to now, as everyone should be and should have been for a long time. My problem is not with the party, my problem is the mayor's there and she has an indoor mask mandate in place in San Francisco, and here she is explaining why yeah, but I mean, she was like really excited at this party, so the mask, mate doesn't, the mask mandate doesn't matter here. There was something that was really um, monumental that occurred, and that is Tony, 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 the original members, the brothers, Raphael Sadiq and Dwayne Wiggins, who have not performed in public for, I believe, at least over 20 years. If you know who they are, I don't care where you're sitting, you're gonna get up and start dancing. My drink was sitting at the table. I got up and started dancing because I was feeling the spirit and I wasn't thinking about a mask. Next time I get on an airplane, I'm gonna look at the airline attendants who act like the little agents of the Stasi when it comes to Fauci masking and say, no mask for me, I'm feeling the spirit. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna say next time I'm in a grocery store, no, I'm just vibing. I mean, it's really a shame that we're focusing on the masks, that we have the fun police because I'm just vibing. Um, I mean, I, 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 they're so close to falling into a puddle of, of logic where I just need one of, these blue, one of these blue city mayors to come out and finally say, this is dumb. I'm not following the rule because the rule isn't about any science. Because what's the number one thing they say? Oh, we're all vaccinated, whatever. That's the whole point, you know? And then furthermore, and I know that you and I have talked about this before, the fact that these vax mandates or these vax passports don't even include prior immunity from a previous COVID case, when we now know we have a bunch of public health officials saying that the immunity conferred from a prior COVID infection is as strong, if not stronger, than that of the vaccine. So, I mean, there are, all, there are a billion things that they could be doing if they were serious about this. For starters, making sure that everyone at the overflowing in our southern border provides negative COVID tests and are vaccinated. That is something where the federal government has obvious power to impose those mandates. That's not even a legal question. The fact that no, instead we're going after the two-year-olds is, is a pretty solid sign that this is all about politics. Switching gears, Nicki Minaj is still upsetting libs with her questioning of the vaccine. Rose McGowan recently came out of her defense writing on Instagram 
Nicki Minaj and all who see what is happening, both of us know the powerful elite and it's likely you do not. If you are freaking out because she said something you don't believe, it's most likely because you're too scared to examine the thought too closely. Millionaires have become billionaires. Billionaires are not trillionaires. Think question, just because you want to believe what your cult leaders say doesn't make it fact. I mean, okay, that's what Rose McGowan says. What do you say? That was a thing. Well, what do you think? I mean, I would encourage people to ask their doctors for advice rather than relying on Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend's testicles in Trinidad. But the fact that everyone went ballistic also shows this major disconnect that the media has with the reality and the facts on the ground. You know, Charlemagne the God and the Breakfast Club were deeply critical of Joy Reid's frankly unhinged diatribe against Nicki Minaj, pointing out, you know, if you look at vaccine hesitancy, it disproportionately affects the black community and younger Americans. If it's the 18 to 29 demographic that's the least vaccinated, and black Americans are less likely to be vaccinated than any other race in America. And if your bottom line, if you're Anthony Fauci and your number one goal is just get that number as close to 100 as you want, I can't think of a worse way of doing that than just the insults, the um, just the condescension. I don't believe for a second that Joy Reid cares whether or not Nicki Minaj does or doesn't die of COVID. I think she saw an easy political point and thinks that she's right about everything. And no, so Rose McGowan is perfectly correct. Hollywood isn't punk anymore. Fame isn't punk anymore. There's a reason why Rose McGowan, an actual punk who tried to go after Harvey Weinstein, isn't invited to the Met Gala. And, you know, just look who is. Yes, and she wasn't invited Tina, to the Met Gala. we got to leave it there for today, but thank you so much for being with us and uh, shed, uh, shedding some light on all things. Good to have you. The crisis at the border continues with thousands of Haitian migrants camped out beneath a bridge in the border town of Del Rio, Texas. Chris Cabrera, vice president of the National Border Patrol Council, joins us after the break to discuss the unfolding situation. Let's talk about your cup of coffee. If you're like me, you got to start with a healthy dose of caffeine. That means Black Rifle Coffee. Black Rifle Coffee is a veteran-owned company that serves premium coffee to people who love America. They develop their coffee with the same mission focus they learned while serving our great nation. With every purchase you make, Black Rifle gives back. In 2020, they donated over 6 million cups of coffee to veteran law enforcement and first responder causes. And they have incredible brews. I mean, Lava Panther, that's one of their roasts, comes directly from a farm in Guatemala, okay? They're really into their coffee. Black Rifle Coffee is a place you should go. You could even join the coffee club when you want your most delicious coffee. This is roasted, packaged, and shipped right to your door. You'll also get special discounts on roasts and gain access to exclusive products and much more. Purchase at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Buck. Use code Buck at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Buck. Use code Buck at checkout. We'll be right back with more Hold the Line. The United States has started deportation flights for thousands of Haitian migrants camped under a bridge in Del Rio, Texas. As a dangerous heat wave creeps into the area, border agents say they have at least 12,000 migrants living in makeshift camps waiting to cross into the U.S. But Del Rio isn't the only border town battling the ongoing surge of migrants. Chris Cabrera, the vice president of the National Border Patrol Council, is based out of McAllen, Texas. He joins us now to explain what he's seeing on the ground. Chris, appreciate the uh, time and expertise here. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, first, if you can tell us, I, I know you've got your eye very closely 
on the, uh, the, the sector that you're in in, in McAllen, that, that part of the border, a little bit east of Del Rio, southeast of Del Rio. But what's happening at the Del Rio crossing right now? What are you hearing from your Border Patrol colleagues? Uh, from, from what I'm hearing, and I'm actually heading out there tomorrow, it's just a complete mess. It's an utter failure. Um, we're allowing people just to come in, uh, you know, undeterred. They're, they're coming in and setting up shop basically uh, underneath our one of our ports of entry there, um, 14, 15,000 people out there. And, and it's just, it's not safe for anybody involved, whether it's a, a health risk, a physical safety risk for our agents and for those folks that are under there. Now, what's really happening in the processing here? It's, it's been reported, Chris, that family units are probably being released or largely being released from this big surge into the U.S., but individual migrants are being deported. Do we have any sense of those percentages or how this is playing out? I mean, it, it seems to defy belief that you could have 10 or 12,000 or 15,000 people all gathered together and a large percentage of them aren't getting in. Why would they be there otherwise? Yeah, you know, they're they're coming in, they're coming in at will. They're actually going back and forth into Mexico through that uh, weird dam. Um, the large, the, the vast majority will be released into the country. Um, and that's just if they're, you know, that's not including the males who may make some type of asylum claim. And then you always run the risk of, of some of these children there. They're going to have unaccompanied children and um, those folks will get detained. But then you have the, the adult males that are going to get sent back and uh, it's just that they, it's ripe for that, that fraud where they grab a kid and say it's their kid just so that they can get released. And that happens more often than not. And, and that's a very dangerous situation. This is what the mayor of Del Rio, Mayor Lozano, who is, who is a Democrat, says uh, when it comes to whether or not the federal government has reached out directly to him. Play it. You have been trying to tag President Biden on, on yeah. Twitter. Have you heard from him or his office or vice president's office? Not directly office? from the vice president or uh, president's office, unfortunately. Um, I have been just trying to spread the dire situation here. So he hasn't heard directly from them. Do you know from Border Patrol colleagues, is there some, is, is there a, a surge of, of Border Patrol agents? Is the federal government doing anything to address this crisis that's going to actually make it dissipate in the days ahead? I mean, what, what's the response, Chris? Well, you know, unfortunately, there is a surge of agents there, but not necessarily to keep people out. There's a surge of agents over there going to help process, but they're not actually, Border Patrol is not actually doing anything to keep these people from coming in. And if we want to concentrate on getting the people processed and, and stopping it, we need to get, we need to, to put up a, a show of force along that riverbank and deny them access to coming into our country undeterred because uh, the, the whole world is just flouting our laws right in our face. They're doing what they want and, and we're doing, we're, we're essentially being reduced to Walmart greeters. Is there any concern about a, a, a kind of jailbreak situation that I know has occurred elsewhere at the border where hundreds of migrants could just mass and make a run for it? I mean, what, how, how open is this area where they're currently camped out? No, that, that's completely wide open. And, and you know, the, the threat is there. I mean, it's, it's a very real um, possibility, especially with the fact that these, these folks still have their telephones. And, you know, once that, that first wave gets back to Haiti and people start realizing that the Haitians are getting sent back and, and no one else, um, it's going to create some problems. And if you look at that little makeshift camp they had down there, you can see they have the little Carrizo bamboo looking shelters that they're building. 
I mean, you have to cut those with something. Um, so it tells you that that they may have access to some type of uh, uh, tool or weaponry that, that could be used against our agents. DHS Secretary Mayorkas was down at the border today. Here's what he said. I wanted to have you, Chris, respond to it. We have reiterated that our borders are not open and people should not make the dangerous journey. Individuals and families are subject to border restrictions, including expulsion. Irregular migration poses a significant threat to the health and welfare, welfare of border communities and to the lives of the migrants themselves and should not be attempted. So, Chris, what is the, what is the point then of, of all this stuff that we're going through right now if the DHS chief is going to say the borders are not open, it, it looks like they are. So what are we missing? Yeah, you know, with all due respect to, to Mr. Mayorkas, he, he's clueless as to what's going on down here. Uh, the only reason we have 14,000 people under that bridge is because they want to be under that bridge because they think they're going to be given some type of paperwork. Once the word is they're not, they're not going to get released, they're just going to go. Um, we, we're allowing people, if the border is not open, I'd, I'd hate to see what open looks like. I don't know if he's been watching the news, but I mean, there's just a massive humanity, hundreds at a time crossing, just walking across the river. If that's not open, I don't know what is. Do we have any sense as to why there was such a surge of specifically uh, migrants of Haitian origin? I've seen reporting that many of them are actually coming up from South America, not directly from Haiti. So they had already left uh, the island uh, of Haiti and had made their way to South America. Now they've made their way up to the U.S.-Mexico border. Why the Haitians, the, the Haitian migrant surge right now? Do we know? You know, I, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, it is odd because traditionally we've never seen Haitians in, in large groups like that, but we have seen large groups from specific countries. Um, obviously, you know, the, the Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador, at times we've seen big surges of, of Brazilians. So this is just a, another country that, that's making their push because they can. They know it's wide open and they're going to take advantage of it. They're going to exploit our, our lax enforcement. Back to the mayor of Del Rio, who's right at the center of things right now, because that's where this encampment has set up. He wrote that the president has a plan for taxes. Where is the plan to protect our southern border? I want to ask you, Chris, as a border patrol professional of many years, what would a plan to protect the border right now look like? What has to happen? Yeah, mandatory removal, mandatory detention, just a, a, a no-nonsense no approach. If you come in illegally, we're, we're going to prosecute you, we're going to lock you up, and then we're going to send you home. If you want to apply for uh, asylum some way, do it, but do it the right way. Your first act in coming into our country is, is illegal, then you don't, you don't belong here. Um, we need to start, we're going to draw a hard line in the sand, mandatory detention, mandatory removal. Chris Cabrera, thank you so much for your time, sir. Good to see you as always. Likewise, thanks for having me. All right, coming up in Quick Hits, we'll play you a soundbite from 1987 when then-Senator Biden was questioning Robert Bork during his nomination to the Supreme Court hearings. Biden argues exactly what he's trying to do today, and the irony is unbelievable. But first, it seems like folks want to get into crypto these days, a lot of them, but for the first time. Bitcoin, Ethereum, where do you start with all these digital tokens? That's where my digital money comes in. It's a very easy to use, user-friendly, self-trading crypto IRA platform with incredible customer service. They will answer your phone call and help you get started with crypto. They've also got military-grade security for your coins and trigger orders to help you secure opportunities without having to be living all day, all the time, watching your account. Plus, they can give you a Play Money account so you can test the market, see how you do. 
The crypto market is heating up again. This could be a great time to get into this exciting technology-based investment. Go right now with professionals who have your back, speak to you honestly, and treat you like a human. Check them out at MyDigitalMoney.com. That's MyDigitalMoney.com. We'll be right back with Quick Hits. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A new photo of the world's wokest prime minister, Justin Trudeau, in blackface emerges. And the latest videos coming out of Australia show how the country has gone into full-on COVID fascism. It is time for Quick Kids. Let's start with this one. If you were creating a, uh, a soy-drinking, uh, low-testosterone, male leader of the woke world, it would be hard to do better than Justin Trudeau. This is a guy who describes himself as a male feminist. Unironically, he thinks that that's something that, you know, he's a male feminist. Um, it's a guy who is about as woke as you can get, and he is the prime minister of Canada, which is a shame. I don't know what's going on. But then again, how can America make fun of any country's leadership, given that Joe Biden is currently the president of the United States? So to be fair, yeah, we got our own problems here. But speaking of problems, Justin Trudeau has one. Another photo of him, and this is, I believe, from a, an event where he was already seen, in blackface emerges. Here, he's an adult, friends. He's an adult, and he is in blackface, and you have to wonder, what the heck was this guy thinking? Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's a reminder that you have certain individuals on the left who, it seems like they're trying to make up for something with some of their politics. It feels like they are trying to maybe compensate for previous unwokeness by being the most extreme left-wing social justice warriors imaginable in public life. Otherwise, I, I don't know. I mean, Justin Trudeau, by the way, is this a big problem for him? We'll see. Uh, you've got the national election here. Trudeau might end up not paying any kind of a price for this. And he, we all know, right, if this was a Republican in this country or a conservative in Canada, uh, the political career of that individual would be over, they'd have to resign. But because he's a Democrat, because Trudeau is a woke Democrat, multiple photos of him in really clear blackface. I mean, this is not any sort of exaggeration, not that big of a political issue for him, at least not yet. Let's do a little flashback, uh, shall we? A little trip down memory lane. Here was Joe Biden questioning Robert Bork back in 1987. What would happen if, if, if it were concluded under your rationale that there was a, uh, 
um, as related to the propensity to uh, communicate disease that genetically one race carried the, the, the uh, gene more than another race, and the court came along and made that distinction. A court came along. I and mean, the legislative body made the distinction. And what do they do? Well, they decide that, for example, there are going to be automatic testing for one group of people. There are going to be automatic, by the way, which worries a lot of people out, not race now, worries a lot of people out there. Like, you know, are we going to, it's, it's not some, see, when I talked to you before about the future, it's not very far off the horizon that if we don't get one disease under control, you may find legislative bodies taking whole classes of people based upon propensity of conduct well, to say, we're going to put you in a certain category. We're going to demand mandatory testing for you. What does that sound like, folks? What does that remind you of? Yeah. But whatever Biden said then, whatever the positions of mainstream Democrats like Joe Biden was 30, 40 years ago, they don't care anymore. They have power. They're paranoid. They have created a massive anxiety disorder in the era of COVID in this country. People can no longer assess risk normally. They can no longer have adult conversations. And it's appalling what they've done to the country, including Joe Biden, with the fear mongering and the nonsense that they have been up to with all this stuff. Speaking of fear mongering, you may have heard something about how there was a pro-Trump crowd at a, uh, or rather a rally um, at the U.S. Capitol over the weekend. This was the uh, the reporting on it. Police and media vastly outnumbered protesters around the U.S. Capitol on Saturday at a sparsely attended rally by supporters of the people who breached the building on January 6th trying to overturn President, former, uh, former President Donald Trump's election defeat. Um, yeah, they set up fencing for this. We're supposed to be so scared. Oh my gosh, another insurrection, another insurrection. In reality, quote, about 100 to 200 protesters showed up, some carrying the flags of the right-wing group, three percenters over their shoulders, far fewer than the 700 people organizers had expected and the thousands who brought mayhem to the Capitol in that riot on January 6th. But got a lot of media coverage of it. People all upset over the, over the last few days. Of, oh my gosh, get ready for another January 6th. But it would have been the September, whatever the date was. Of it. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. But they don't, it's just never about what's reality. It's about getting their audiences all freaked out about right-wing extremism as though that's going to really destroy the country. You've got other things destroying the country right now. And you can see how it works in other places too. Australia, you've got an official telling a woman that she is, remember, they have no First Amendment there. They have no real uh, freedom of speech and certainly not during the COVID pandemic. And here's an Australian official telling a woman she's not allowed to protest. She's got to stay home. It is not unlawful to protest. It is a human right to protest. That is correct. You are allowed to go and protest, but at the moment we have stay at home orders. Okay, and that means that we are not allowed to leave and go without the five kilometers. We're not allowed to leave essential services, stuff like okay. that. Okay. have a valid reason yeah. for leaving your home and attending to get food or something like that within your 5K sure. radius where you have to wear a mask, etc., etc. You can go and do that, but you cannot go and attend a protest. Can't go attend a protest. Got a 5K radius, all these stupid rules. By the way, you know, Australia's COVID cases skyrocketed in the last 30 days. All those measures they have, oh, they were so sure the science had protected them. Turns out not so much. That's it for tonight's Hold the Line, the No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly is up next. Shield's high.